Hello, I'm Kerry. Hi, I'm Hannah. Welcome to the Machine on Learning podcast. We both have degrees in English literature. We both work at the cutting edge of emerging technologies and neither of us can properly code. This podcast exists to seek out people working with technology in unconventional ways so that we can explore the tech world through new lenses, squash tech snobbery, meet really cool people, and more importantly, introduce you to one another. Today, we're delighted to be talking to Jess Somerez. She's the co-founder of Hedera, an app that allows users to receive tailored and smart notifications to care for their indoor plants. She was shortlisted as One to Watch 2020, Young Person in Business by Enterprise West of England and has featured in Southwest Business Insider in 42 Under 42 Entrepreneurs to Watch. Alongside her work at Hedera, Jess is also Head of Marketing at Stevenson Law. Welcome, Jess. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Good. And just to give our listeners a bit of background, can you tell us a little bit about where you are now and a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So starting at the beginning, I suppose. So I, I actually grew up in France with quite an entrepreneurial family around me. So I had experiences of people growing and starting businesses. So when I came back to the UK to study international management at the University of Bath, it was quite a natural progression to go and study business because it was I was so interested by it. Went and worked in the top advertising agency in the world, particularly on the McDonald's account, and also worked in, in various companies such as AXA and these sort of large giants and basically realised I hated them and that they were slow and even despite being in a creative industry I was just bored and so when it came to leaving university I just went straight into the startup world remained in England and have been working in tech startups ever since haven't looked back amazing could you tell us a bit about Hedera specifically and what made you start it up well I've always been into plants to be honest with you I, I grew up around them I was a bit of a nature girl and back when it was really not cool as well but when I moved into cities I had no choice but to fill my home full of plants because that's what made me happy and I was spending lots of time in front of the computer and not getting out as much because I was working so hard and and early in early 2019 I realized that actually that was happening for a lot of other people and it was actually starting to become quite cool to fill your homes full of plants and particularly amongst the millennial generations who are also living in urban environments so to put it into perspective in early 2019 around 60% of Londoners were buying house plants for their homes but the problem was that people weren't keeping them alive and we've all killed a house plant we're all guilty of it and I don't believe people who say that they haven't so to put yeah about around over 800 million pounds worth of house plants killed every year uh, thrown away every year in the UK alone so I set about building a tool that could help people with this and so find plants that were suited for their space and basically give them the tools that would help them keep them alive from their phone so that was in early 2019 that deer came into my mind by the summer we'd had a prototype made and had 100 people using it this really sort of clunky ugly thing and by the end of the year we had a, a beautiful well-working app uh, launched in the, the app stores so it was quite a rapid growth I really like that story and yeah I can testify to the house plant killing thing I mean I I literally just bought my sister what the plant shop person told me was an easy plant and a week later she called me and was like it requires a similar setting to a tropical wetland and I've already given it something called cultural problems that's well that's that's it I I think that's the problem the tropical plants in particular they're so beautiful but you bring them into a cold dark UK home 
you, you're going to need to know specific things to keep that particular plant alive. But I think what I love about your story is that you, you talked about getting into plants as a response to being at a computer screen and then immediately went back round to and now how can I use technology to facilitate my plants so just wondering is is that technological aspect something that you've always been interested in or did it come to you later on I think it came to me later on actually I wasn't particularly working in tech before I was actually more interested in the more creative space when it came to business for instance I was naturally drawn towards marketing and and selling products whatever the product or service may be not necessarily tech but as I said when I was sort of working in these big companies and the slow pace that things were moving tech just is such a natural fit for somebody like me who likes things to be quick you know I I just love the ability to make a change and then get it in the hands of people all around the world instantaneously and that for me is just so exciting and something that it was just so natural so it was kind of like a light bulb moment when I started working in tech and thought oh, okay this is something that's going to stick. In terms of how Hedera works it would be really good to get a feel for just a top line view from a tech point of view how it all works and, and how it can help people to look after their plants. From a user's perspective when you come onto the app you start by registering the plants that you have currently in your home and we ask some questions such as like species of plant where you're putting it what the light is like in that particular space or particular factors that would change the care notifications such as is it near a radiator is it near a water source like a shower and then when you register that plant Hedera calculates the ideal schedule for that particular plant and starts reminding the user of how to care for it we're actually just launching some new features at the moment so things such as actually finding the plant to buy from your space rather than the other way around I've already got this plant what do I do with it and that's like factors such as like is it safe for plants do you want color in your room we're sort of getting more into the in-depth home for our users and letting people troubleshoot their plants as well knowing what's wrong with them so we do all of this by staying very encouraging to users and helping them find out more about their plant that they have in their home I suppose it's educating people as well so that they don't waste it it's quite interesting actually because my husband has got since lockdown has got really obsessed with houseplants and now we are surrounded by them and I told him I was interviewing you a couple of weeks ago and he downloaded the app actually and has really liked it about getting the sort of ongoing, you need to do this now and you need to do this now, which is great. But one of the other things that we've enjoyed about the app is the fact that you um, encourage people to name their plants. And we've started naming ours. We've got like, we've got Hilda and we've got Maggie and anything else that our children's come come up with as well. But yeah, I'd really love to know what made you decide to ask people to name their plants and whether that has a know whether you look after a bit more if you, if it's got a name so not everyone names their plants and actually I'm one of those people that don't so it was it, it's a funny thing that within the app we actually do ask people to name them so Rob who, who's part of our team we you did some research around customer insights and how people behave with objects and plants and all kinds of things and basically we found that when humans are forced to come up with a name for an object, they're actually forced to think about the human characteristic of that particular object. So subconsciously, they're going to start humanizing that object. And for an app like Hedera, this means that you're subconsciously forming a closer attachment to that object and therefore you're less likely to kill it. So it's actually another just useful tool for us to help people be more engaged with the greenery that they have in their home. And it's done on purpose. (laughs) I love that that's a really great start one other thing was you mentioned earlier on that you're going to be introducing or you have introduced some new elements to the app and when we first caught up about having this chat you also mentioned 
something around the idea of introducing some AI and potentially some sort of plant recognition. I was wondering if you could mm -hmm. chat to us a little bit about that and some of the other new features that you're going to be introducing or maybe the newest ones that have just come out. In terms of the features that we've been looking at, I think everyone with, with COVID was sort of forced to look at what features were going to be the most essential for us and for our users and had to really make careful decisions about what we were going to bring out because time suddenly became very precious with us as the team were effectively not funded and we were working for nothing to try and try and build out so the features that we chose to concentrate on were directly from our users we have an amazing back loop built within the app and we saw that people wanted to just have more careful their plants a little bit more so that's why i know you know i mentioned the, the troubleshooting for instance being able to register photos of their plants so they could help track them over time and see their progress as well as finding amazing plants their space so that's the what's my plant doing features that we're bringing out and then there's the sort of functionality app to make it better for users and to make it more seamless and one of that is utilizing the technologies that now quite common within the app space so such as image recognition of the plants so instead of having to uh, manually search the name of your plant you'd actually be able to take a photo and we'd be able to tell you what plant it was and have a quicker sort of registration of your plants or be in a shop and just be like oh I love that one so that was something Thing that we concentrated on this year as well which is really exciting I can't wait yeah that sounds really cool and like yeah that image recognition piece I think you sort of see that to different degrees and different technologies at the moment but it is it's still really exciting even if you've used it yeah I think it's it's using it intelligently though right so I think it's it became a sort of like a trend to have it within an app and, you know, for developers, it's a, for businesses, it's a lot of effort to, to introduce, a, a, you know, AI. And so, as I said, for us, we really had to make sure that that was the right thing for us to do and that we weren't just introducing it for the sake of here's a shiny bell and whistle on an app. You know, is that really needed? And, you know, by all means, sometimes when something's cool that users are going to think, oh, that's just that's just really cool. Then that could be a good enough reason sometimes to to use it. But, you know, that there's a certain process in, in deciding which features and technologies to build. Certainly, Yeah. And, and speaking of that development side of it, your co-founder, Ben Hauser, is a software engineer. And how does that work having a one techie and one non-techie? founder and divide okay. it up yeah no it's been great you know when it came to building Hadera I previously worked in a startup that was a tech startup and we were a team of non-techies building a tech company and that's just all kinds of problems because <laughs> you, you know will you fully grasp what you're building do you fully understand why things have gone wrong not to put down working with agencies but are you going to get tied in for a really long time with an agency and never be able to have your tech in-house so for me it was really important that the tech was built in-house with Hadira and that we were able to really act in a sort of agile way and, and when Ben came along and we had a sit down we were actually introduced by a set square at the engine shed in Bristol and they knew that I was looking for a co-founder particularly a technical co-founder and they're like oh god you know how am I going to get a developer to to work on the plant app so I need someone who has this passion for plants who's going to or who's willing to come work in a startup for absolutely no money at the start because it's a lot of graft to to bring up a company and we sat down and he had experience growing companies as well so we had similar skill sets such as building and growing a company and then we had very different 
skill sets as well he could build the tech I could potentially sell it you know better than he would and it just came together like that really and, and worked really well and later on actually this year we brought in a third team member Rob who is a designer and he combines the the customer insights with design and has been amazing with our UI and so the three of us it just makes a dream team really we all know where we sit. And it's, it's interesting thinking about it in terms of helping you overcome the challenges as well as because of dream team creation piece. Yeah. And and what have been some of the key challenges for building Hedera? Oh, I mean, there are, there are always challenges, I suppose, building a new company. But I think the main one, unsurprisingly, I mean, it's been on everyone's lips, isn't it? It's been COVID. We were fundraising and actually set to close our round on the day that we went into lockdown. And it was really tricky because we'd at that point grown the company and launched it without any investment apart from our time. And it was really important for us to scale quickly. We really wanted that investment so we could do all of the plans that we had. And we actually decided not to take the investment. We were seeing such a shift, a behavioral shift in our users and the markets were so up and down and the horticultural industry did get hit in the sense that the supply chains over to the UK were broken because we weren't able to go into greenhouses to grow plants and things like that. And so that was a really hard time when we had to decide to continue growing Hedera organically without investment. So we actually all work full time on the side of growing and building Hedera. And I'd say probably that's one of the hardest things from an organizational point of view so that's why choosing the particular features that we wanted to concentrate on is so important for us and also just keeping that team morale and that drive to build Hedera because you're working full-time and then you clock off work you have a cup of tea and you get back on it or a glass of wine sometimes and you just get back on it straight away and and that's quite you know that's been quite hard at times but here we are we're, we're still here going Amazing. strong I'd love to pick up on some thing you mentioned about investment so mm-hmm. I know you said that you decided not to take up the investment in the end but I'd, I'd really like to ask about how that process was for you just because there's lots of reports and I found one in Business Insider the other day that said men are 86% more likely to access venture capital and 56% more likely to secure range of investment compared to women yet women-owned businesses are that are granted funding show a 20% higher return uh, with 50% less investment. I'd love to know if if that's something that you've found personally. Did you, as a woman, find it hard in the investment world? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, and even though we didn't um, end up closing our round with Hedero, I've been involved in funding rounds for, for other companies and it is, it definitely is hard. I mean, one thing's obviously being a woman and the other thing is being a younger woman as well without the sort of cv that you know to back of all these these things that i've done i would say that now is a really good time to be a woman looking for investment there are plenty of initiatives out there to get women funding i think actually the difficulty is if you don't want to go for vc investment which tend to have more of this angle of wanting to invest in women um so for a very early stage company i i just absolutely didn't want to be funded by a vc that it i kind of wanted the angel investment first and really get some sort of some good brains within the company working with us before going too big and giving everything away and that's really hard because for anyone you need to find out If you're going in finding new investors that you've never heard of before, it's actually knowing whether they're legit. 
and most investors are men and when you are a woman it automatically becomes harder so having like any sales pitch you have to get to know somebody and sometimes it's really hard to know whether you're being invited out for dinner because they want to talk business or whether you are being invited out for something else so and and men have that problem as well it just becomes all that more harder when you are a, a woman but I would say that you look at when looking at those figures about the amount of women that are being invested in I think one thing we need to look at as well is the amount of women also starting businesses so although women-led businesses on the grand scheme of things are getting less investment I think there are very little women also that are taking that risk and actually starting their own business Um, and I know that's on on the up but there are plenty more women-led businesses yet to come which is very exciting. That is exciting so if you are a woman and you're running a company and you're interested in investment is there anything in particular that you would considering that you've been in that area for a while with two businesses is there anything in particular Mm. you would say to do or any kind of approach that you could adopt yeah. to help you know make it a bit more comfortable or you know better absolutely i'd say is to get a lead investor in your round if you're going via the, the angel scene is to traditionally get your lead investor somebody who you trust somebody who you know well and somebody who's willing to lead your round and that's what we had with Hadira and he was great because he was very open at saying if you want me to come into a meeting I will which is great anyway to find new investors because they like to see that you're backed up by somebody anyway but having that first person I think is the most important person and having somebody who you trust you just need that one uh, and they can help you with the rest. That's really helpful thank you Uh, and then alongside Hadira you're I don't know how you do it all, to be honest. Uh, You're head of marketing at a law firm as well. One, I suppose, how do you juggle those two? And you said earlier that sometimes you move from one and you have a cup of tea or a glass of wine and then you're straight into the other one. How do you juggle those two and stay sane? But also I'm really interested to know what, you know, are you using tech in your job, in your marketing job as well? Or is that quite a very separate thing? Yeah, no, it's not actually. So yeah, I work for Stevenson Law in Bristol as their head of marketing. And they're fantastic because they are a company that's really disrupting an industry that's seen tradition as being very old, boring and sort of challenging what a traditional law firm looks like. And they themselves work with very fast paced, high growth companies and particularly tech companies so it makes sense for the firm itself to adopt technologies and legal tech is is a market that's really growing quite quickly and very much needed and in such a giant of an industry and so they 100% adopt it and I think that's one of the reasons why we came together is because I was working in the tech startup scene they were too and to work on various projects that involve tech so that they can sort of you know, not saying that it's just down to me. I mean, the whole team are completely drivers of it. But for Stevenson Law to lead the way in that is really exciting. As I said, I don't think I could work in a company now that doesn't adopt tech. So some things with Stevenson Law, you know, when I'm working, I can get some new ideas and find out about new technologies or new things in marketing and new trends. And I can bring that over to Hadira and vice versa. Yeah, in terms of staying sane, I'm a bit of a busybody, I suppose. So I like it. In a way, I'm somebody who gets horrifically bored uh, very easily. So actually something like this, it does work well. But there are up days and down days. And I think the most important thing for juggling both is it's okay to have some days where you just don't feel it, you know, and and to be kind to yourself when you don't. Because if you realise that you're already doing a lot and be proud of what you're doing, yeah, just just being kind and just take 
each thing but just have, the f- have fun really yeah yeah uh Carrie she I says through this. tears yeah yeah it's always it's always <laughs> easier it's always easier to say isn't it like I feel sometimes my life is just full of highly strong women all telling each other to cut themselves some slack and they're not cutting themselves some slack so absolutely yeah try and keep that circle but no that that sounds like a really grounded view to it even if the reality is sometimes glass of wine and then onto the neck yeah I mean you know we've got this podcast as one of our side hustles so you know it's it's much less work than a startup I think but we can we can sympathize Um, I don't know it's it's projects are projects at the end of the day I respect anybody has a side hustle business in in general I mean they're completely on the rise due to COVID as well and I think so many people are doing it so I respect anyone that that takes that plunge yeah well that was a successful compliment fish for us on a podcast that's meant to be about you so that was that was good pleased with how that went just I love that kind of enthusiasm for tech and I, I completely get that now I've been in a tech space it's going to be really hard to go back to doing things the old way and I was just wondering if there's any particular technological advancements either in your fields or even just more broadly that you're really excited about yeah so I mean you guys probably hear this quite a lot but for me it has to be computer vision the, the image recognition of of things so you know it's it's sort of going beyond looking at an image and knowing what it is so I'm particularly interested particularly when it comes to Hedera how technology behaves so as an example you know what plant it is but you know also that it's sick and you also know therefore what it should do to make itself better and you then act upon it that that kind of thing just for me is when it's a technology that's already implemented with a lot of like tree surgeons and forestry departments and that I really love taking quite nerdy and specialist technologies and putting them in the hands of the general consumer I think that is quite exciting to me because there are so many technologies out there I think that we could be using as consumers that have yet to get to a price point where it can be commercialized certainly I mean maybe it's the marketeer in me it's just it's just fun <laughs> no I think that's really important I mean our first episode on this podcast we talked to someone who works in VR who had a really similar attitude towards early adoption of technology and exactly that piece of how do you put it into the hands of people who aren't familiar with that niche technology so I think it's a really important point and it's, it's interesting to see it recur across different types of technology as well I think that's important to remember so yeah this has been super interesting and we've covered a lot of ground in a very short space of time as the hard-working efficient women that we are but just to finish off do you have any advice I mean Kerry sort of asked this a little bit before about investment but a bit more generally do you have any advice for anyone who wants to start up a tech company or wants to get into you know plant tech or the different spaces that you're in well if they want to get into plant tech they should give me a call first of all (laughs) Um, but if there's somebody who's looking to get into tech company is build yourself a good team and the founding as well I mean I, I respect people that go at startups by themselves but I see a lot of people that do that out of ego or out of this possessiveness over an idea that they've had and what they end up missing out on are different brains that can help them see different perspectives on the product or the service or the business or the market and getting diverse brains around you and that is linked for instance to the investment piece because the more diverse a team the better it does so I think if you try and diversify your founding team as much as possible from the get-go and let them put their skills to good use that's a really great way to start a tech company thank you that's really great 
yeah I always say finding the right collaborator makes such a difference to be able to to do stuff and Mm. make it happen I mean it's not someone that's exactly like you (laughs) yeah yeah complementary skills I think um, yeah, and that's that's actually quite hard, isn't it? Because I, so my company, Tiny Giant, where there's two of us in it, and we are really different. And sometimes it is quite hard to work because normally your friends or people that you hang out with, you're quite similar to each other. Like there are differences, but not massive mm. ones. But I would say me and my co-founder are really different. He is hugely extroverted, really loud, super confident. I'm much more introverted and, and quiet and much more of a quiet thinker. But actually the two of us, I think, do work really well for those reasons but it's not always the easiest thing to work with you have to work quite hard I think when you're working with people who are very different to you but it's good for a business point of view but I've learned an awful lot working with someone who's really different have you found that as well or I I did I mean I was really fortunate in the previous startup I was involved with that we were part of the Just Eat Accelerator and that they allowed us to have some sort of psychoanalysis coaching it was all it was like a day of testing the team and yeah it was it was crazy and you know at the start you sort of go into it thinking oh what's this going to be about but actually it was fascinating because it was basically learning how each other's brains work and that isn't just how they creatively come up with things or how they problem solve it's also what are they like when they're stressed how do you go up to your team member when you have a new idea and convince them that it's a good idea because I'm more of a sort of I've got a gut feeling I just want to get excited and I'll just fly at something whereas other people you actually need to go up to them you have to spell out exactly this was my hypothesis this is how I tested it and this is my conclusion and just just simple things like that I think really help to then go up to different people and try and find out how their brain thinks and Ben and I for instance had really early conversations such as what are you like when you're stressed how do you problem solve and once we'd had those conversations when you are in a kind of tipping point that tends to be a miscommunication thing or it it tends to be a communication thing so I could kind of mentally go do a check back and go, oh, you know, okay, maybe this is, this is what's happening. It's not that we're, it's just, we're coming at the same thing, but from different angles. Wow. That's a really good way to start. What, what did you say that was? Was that part of the set squared thing you did that? It it was just through being around the engine shed and general networking within Bristol. Mm, Mm. Amazing. Yeah, it was great. That's great. Thank you so much. Have you got any other questions, Hannah? No, I was just thinking about corporate personality tests. I just think they're really fun. My my friend's ex used to do them for people and he really selfishly broke up with her before I could get a free one. And she's like, what? You're not thinking about my needs in the relationship. But, but yeah, I'm hypothetically really pro them. But it's, it's cool to hear a success story rather than me just being like, I'd love to have that done because I think it'd be useful. Yeah, that's always the Maya Briggs, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, there's always that. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to oh, talk to us. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Really, really interesting. And I'm going to tell my sister to download your app because maybe you can save her elephant leaf. Guaranteed we plot. can. Amazing. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been brilliant. And That's um, all right. yeah, hopefully speak to you soon. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find out more on our website, machineunlearning.co.uk. And please do like and subscribe on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts.